You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Hey, morning online campus. Hey, don't worry about Steve. You're still my favorite campus. You guys are the best. Hey, great to be here this morning with you sharing uh, the second part of our Paradigm Shift series, which is cool. Uh, let me pray before we get started. God, I thank you uh, that you are moving. I thank you that you're working. I thank you that you're here. God, I thank you that you see the beginning from the end. And I pray this morning, God, that you would help us to see the way that you see. God, we might see a problem, but God, you see purpose. And God, I pray that you would help us to see purpose too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, a few weeks ago, Pastor Bex got up here and told you all about our team building day. And she unfairly singled me out. She said, someone over here uh, was a bit too competitive in our uh, team building activities. And so I thought it'd only be right for me to get up here and set the record straight. Uh, You know, there's always two sides of a story. uh, And so I thought I'd tell mine. Is that all right? Thank you. Um, So we were playing this this game called Zorb Soccer, right? Big inflatable ball, little soccer ball, trying to score goals, running around, knocked over, you're lying on your back like a turtle, you know, just helpless. Uh, And so at the start of the game, the instructor said to us, you know, if you wear glasses, you need to remove them. Clearly, I wear glasses, and so I had a problem. Uh, The problem was I had two choices. One choice was to keep wearing my glasses and to see what was going on, but potentially end up with broken glasses. I thought, no, it's not me today. We don't want to have that happen. And so there I was, a blind blob running around, (laughs) hoping to hit someone. And so we were playing. The game was going on. It was heated. We we were one goal up. It was great. It was good times. And then there was two soccer balls in play at this time. I don't know why, but anyway, there was. And then they got kicked away. And so everyone was kind of standing, waiting for the soccer ball to come back onto the field, and I thought, you know, I'd help my team out. I'd clear the field a little bit, make it a bit easier to score. So I saw one person near me, boom, knocked them over, and then I I saw someone in the distance, and so I started picking up steam. I started running. I started moving forward. And what you've got to understand is that there's a little thing called momentum involved, okay? Once you get moving, there's no slowing down, right? You've got little legs and a big ball, and, you you know, you're not going to move. You're not going to slow down once you get going. And the problem was, is I couldn't really see who I was running at. There was some kind of unsuspecting victim in the distance. And as I grew closer, as I came to maybe like a meter, a meter and a half away from this person, I realized it was one of our young female staff. And the problem was I couldn't slow down. No, it wasn't Bex. I did say young female. No, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) As I came closer, I realized that it was one of our young female staff in church, I'm ashamed to say, she got dominated. (laughs) She went end over end several times. And it was quite embarrassing. But you see, the, the problem I had is I had a perspective issue. I couldn't see what was going on. Had I been able to see and know that it was one of our young female staff, I would have responded differently. You see, because our response is determined by what we can see. Had I seen that it was her, I might have just maybe gently bumped her or maybe just avoided her completely. I also would have avoided, mind I say, a lot of embarrassment. But you see, the problem is, is my perspective was wrong. 
had I known and had I seen differently, my response would have been different. And I'd like to suggest to us today that there's some things happening in our world that we need to see differently. There's some things happening in our world that we need to have a changed perspective on. We need a paradigm shift this morning. There's situations where we find ourselves in that are difficult, but I think if we were to see them differently, we'd be able to see the purpose that God has within them. Why? Because perspective changes things. I think perspective uh, changes like fear to confidence. Uh, perspective changes confusion to clarity. Perspective changes uh, fear to hope. Per- per- perspective changes uncertainty to faith. Perspective shifts things. Are you with me this morning? And I'd like to suggest that maybe what we see as a prison is actually God's purpose for us. Maybe what we see as a prison is actually where we'll find the purpose that God has for us. Let me explain. Uh, You can follow along in the book of Acts chapter 16. If you've got the app, you can pull that out and follow along the notes, or you can check out the screen and they'll be up there. But let's start in verse 16. It says this, once uh, when we were going, this is Paul and Silas, once we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. And so she followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. And she kept us up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the Spirit left her. And when her owners had realized that the hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them um, before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. And the crowd joined them in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. And after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into the prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And when he received these orders, he put them into the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. This is a pretty bad situation, right? This is not great. And, and then it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. And the jailer woke up and when he saw that the prison doors came open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He, brought them, then, uh, he then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They, they, they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and his household were baptized and the jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy He had come because he had become to believe in God, he and his whole household. Amazing, right? Here is a story which on the surface looks all bad, right? This is a bad scenario. They're simply going out, preaching the gospel. 
and then they, they, they're thrown into prison. Not only that, they're beaten, they're flogged, uh, and they're put in the inner cell. And this is a situation where you look at it, and it's hard to find any positives, right? It's, it's hard to find any positives. It just looks all bad. This, this girl had been used to, to make money, and so her owners were upset, uh, and they, they, they like kind of get him arrested and beaten up. And it results in them being thrown into prison, a situation that's all bad. But then when you look at the resulting events, this is like a massive plot twist, right? Like who would have predicted the end of this movie that, that like all of a sudden they're in prison, there's this massive earthquake, and then the jailer and his whole household get saved. It's like mid, I mean, it's midnight by the time the earthquake is, like maybe they're getting baptized at 4 a.m. Like this is amazing. This is amazing. This is a massive plot twist. And here's the thing. I think we find ourselves in similar, maybe less dramatic circumstances. But how many know actually that sometimes in the prison is where God wants to use us for his purpose. Actually, sometimes in the prison, in the bad scenarios and the things that look all bad is actually where God wants to do something and work about his purposes in our life in the same way that he did for Paul and Silas. And I want to share with you three changes in perspective I think we need in order to get a paradigm shift. Is that cool? Three changes in perspective. Here we go. Number one, your purpose is found in the prison. Your purpose is found in the prison. What we often fail to realize is that actually often our purpose is found in the bad situations, in things that look bad. And and the the, the reason that Paul and Silas were in prison is because they were preaching the gospel. I mean, like they were doing the right thing. They were following God's call for their life, and and then they find themselves being thrown into prison. But here in prison, an opportunity presents itself. They're able to preach the gospel. They're able to share the good news. There is purpose in the prison. It's like here, they're thrown into prison, but then this opportunity presents itself where they're able to share the gospel, and, and the jailer and his whole household are saved and baptized. And, and can I suggest to you, that while we might not find ourselves in a literal prison, that often there's situations like this in our life where God wants to use to bring about his purpose for us. In Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and accord according to his purpose for them. You know, when we look back at the last year, there's a lot of bad things we saw happen. A lot of bad things. I know, you know, we, for week after week, we, couldn't gather here in person. Not only that, I know that lots of people lost their jobs, lost their livelihoods. For those that maybe have friends and family overseas, I know lots uh, lost family and loved ones and friends. And when we look at it on the surface, there's a lot of bad things that happen. And and I don't wanna underplay that, I don't wanna undermine. Those things are obviously hard. It's obviously horrible. We'd never wish that to happen for anyone. But actually, when we look a little bit below the surface, we can actually see God moving. We can actually see God doing things. We can actually see God working. You know, had it not been for the lockdowns, we as a church would have never launched an online campus. We probably would have never, up until maybe much later, invested in an online ministry. But God used that to to move us towards his purpose for us. Do you know that over the last two Sundays online, we saw 50 decisions for Christ? 50 salvations. That's like half of this room, or it should be half of this room. Actually, when we look back across the whole year in 2020 online, we saw 451 people give their life to Christ. 
451 salvations just online. Isn't that amazing? What looked like a prison was actually God setting us up for the purpose that he had for us. Was actually God shifting us, was actually God moving us to use us in a way that he always designed us to be used. For us to reach to serve and influence a greater community here online. What looked like a prison, God was actually just using to set us up for our purpose. I think there's some questions that we can ask, and here's a great question to ask to, to gain perspective in the prison. Here's the question, where can I see God moving right now? Because he always is. God is always moving, God's always doing something, but sometimes we're not aware of what he's doing, and so ask yourself this question, where can I see God moving right now? My second thought is this, is that your prison is about positioning. Your prison is about positioning. You know, in prison, Paul and Silas had a captive audience. They had people, they had prisoners, they had the jailer, they had a whole bunch of people around them that were forced to hear them praying, forced to hear them singing hymns. They had a captive audience. These are people that they probably might never have come into contact with. These are not people that would have shown up to hear Paul preach. These are not people that would have just shown up at the synagogue when Paul was there. These are people that maybe Paul would have never had contact with, but being in the prison meant that he had a captive audience. Being in the prison meant that, that he was positioned near these people to be able to share the gospel. I think bad circumstances can often position us to be in a place near people we normally wouldn't have contact with. Maybe your car breaks down, right, and you have to call the AA, and you end up talking to the AA guy, or maybe you're in the tow truck with somebody else. I remember one time we were um, coming, uh, going back up to Whangarei, and one of our team, I'm not going to name him, uh, but his name was Pete, uh, he put diesel in the petrol van, or the other way around, and we, me and Pete ended up, you know, sitting next to the tow truck driver all the way back to Whangarei. It was a good time. Uh, but, you know, sometimes bad circumstances put us in position with people that we aren't normally in with. Maybe you go to a hospital visit to visit someone and you end up in a ward with a whole bunch of other people that you get in conversation with. Maybe you end up in a car crash and you end up uh, speaking to the person that you're, that, that's involved in the accident. Maybe you're delayed in travel. I know this is a long time ago, people. But maybe you're delayed in an airport waiting lounge and you end up in conversation with someone that you never would have had contact with. Sometimes bad situations can position us with people who God has for us to connect with. Me and Abby have been married for 10 years in January, and like a lot of people, our dream was to own our own home. And I remember it was probably seven years ago, I think it was about seven years ago, that we first made an offer on a house. Uh, and it was declined, and uh, we were up in Whangarei, and, and over the years, we've tried for several times to buy a house, go to the bank, and make an offers in houses, and, and it never worked out. And we got to the point where we were so discouraged and so frustrated, we kind of let go of the dream. I mean, especially when we moved back down to Auckland, we're like, yeah, we're not owning a home. Thank you, Auckland. Uh, but then, you know, just into 2019, uh, things started happening and circumstances started to change and we kind of felt God prompting us. And so we, again, we went to the bank and miraculously we're like, wow, we've got, you know, we've got approved for a loan. And so then we made an offer another house. And, but again, uh, our offer got counter-offered, and, um, and again, we missed out on their house, and then uh, we were kind of like so gutted, we heard on the Monday, and then on the Tuesday, I'd got an email about like an open night for a new development, and I said to Ab, you should just go along, 
um, because, you know, if anything, it'll help you get your mind off the house that we lost because we, we just got it. And so she goes along and she ends up meeting the developer and has these conversations and comes home with this information. We're like, man, this, this could actually be, this could actually be really cool. And so we end up following through with it and end up um, buying a house and moving in, in in September, which was amazing. But the more amazing thing is, is the people around us. Is, is our neighbors, our kids have friends, is the people that, that we've connected with. Uh, and, and what I realized is that we would never be able to buy where we are if we weren't in the position of first-home buyers. If seven years ago or five years ago or three years ago, we managed to buy a house, we would never have been able to buy here. And I realized that our setback was actually God positioning us. What seemed like a setback, what seemed like a closed door is actually God saving us for what he really had in store for us. And it's been really amazing the opportunities that I've got to connect and to be involved in what's happening with the community and, and the developers are Christian and, and, and are trying to point people towards Jesus and building a, a community that's based on Christian values. And at the Christmas party last year, which is great fun, I got to kind of share a word about Jesus and just amazing. Uh, and I wanna read you the poem. This is the poem, um, for, for our development. It's like a vision, rather than a vision statement, they went with a vision poem, which is whatever. Uh, it says this, we long for a better country. We aspire to live as citizens inheriting a better way together. We are one body, so if one suffers, we all suffer. Giving is better than receiving. So if one rejoiced, we all celebrate. The greatest of neighbors is the servant of all. In green pastures and besides still waters, he restores our soul souls. Standing together on these sure foundations, we await a city whose architect and builder is God. I mean, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Like for a development to have, I mean, if you're a Christian, you probably see a few scriptures in there, but just, I'm just we've just been so blown away by what God has done. And we realize that that sacrifice, that, that what seemed like a prison, what seemed like a, a whole back of where our, our dream was, was actually God positioning us where he needed to have us. Here's a question you can ask yourself. Why has God placed me here? Why has God placed me here? Why has God placed you in his workplace? Why has God placed you in this church? Why has God placed you in your neighborhood? Why has God placed you in your sports team? Why has God placed you in your small group? Why has God placed me here? What is his purpose for me here? Great question to ask. Thought that my third thought is this your prison is not permanent. Your prison is not permanent. And I, I realize that there are some things that we struggle with and we face that we might never see a victory from this side of eternity. But let me do, t I, I do want to say, your prison is not permanent. The season that you're in right now will come to an end. Outside it's raining, and a few weeks ago it was sunny. It, it, seasons come and seasons go. It's not permanent. And the thing we need to ask ourselves and the thing we need to realize is what is needed from me in this season? What does God wanna do in this season? Realize that even though it's hard, even though it's tough, it will come to an end. Your prison is not permanent. Here's a question you can ask yourself. What do I need to learn in this season? What do I need to learn in this season? What is God trying to teach me? What is God trying to develop in me? What is God trying to grow in me? What is the lesson that I need to learn this season? I'm gonna invite the team to come up now as I give you some hope that I'm finishing soon. I know a lot of you are needing to rush off to Kmart. 
Jeremy needs some KFC. Um, I got this email uh, in early November at the end of last year, um, and it's from the church online platform. So this is the platform that we as a church use to, uh, to stream all our services. This is what it said. It says, with the heart of doing anything short of sin to reach people who don't know Christ, Life Church began running services online. Then in 2011, the church online platform was launched, giving churches a way to reach people who may never physically walk into the doors of their church. Because of your commitment to online ministry, we're celebrating a significant milestone. One million people indicated they gave their life to Christ through the church online platform. Think about that for a second. One million lives changed through the ministry of your church and thousands of other churches. What's equally amazing is that nearly half of these salvations were recorded in just 2020. Isn't that amazing? One million salvations. One, one million salvation, one million lives changed for eternity. To think that while we're just locked up in our homes, then God was doing something amazing. While we're stuck at home, while, we're, while the world was reeling from the effects of COVID-19, Jesus was building His church. Man, God was reaching people, maybe on a scale that has never been seen before. With a digital world, we can now reach people with the gospel that have never been seen. The gospel was invading homes and families and, and people in places like never before. Then in 2020, just on the online platform, nearly half a million people gave their life to Christ. Isn't that mind-blowing? That maybe, just maybe, that in the prison there was purpose, that God was building His church. Let's pray. God, I thank You. I thank You that You're a good God. I thank You that You love us. God, I thank You that You do anything, God, anything to chase after the lost and to bring them near to You, bring them home, God. I thank You, God, that You see far beyond we can even dream. God, far beyond we can things we can understand, God. I pray, God, that you'd shift our perspective, God. God, where we see a prison, God, would we see purpose, God. Where we see a problem, God, would we see what you're doing? God, would you help us to shift our minds, God? As hard as it is, as tough as it is right now, God. God, would we see what you're doing, God? Would you open our eyes to see, God, our ears to hear, God, what you're doing and how you're moving. I just pray your blessing on every single person, God, your hand on them, your favor on them. God, would you give them a perspective change, God, would you give them a paradigm shift. In Jesus' name I pray. And before I close, I'd love to pray one more prayer with you. Maybe you're here today and you're far from Jesus, you don't have a relationship with Him. I wanna give you an opportunity to do that. You know, the truth is that God loves you, that He's got a plan for you, He's got a purpose for you. He knows you. But there's this thing called sin, our mistakes, our mess ups, the the things we do wrong, it separates us from God. But the good news is that Jesus had a way. He made a way. He came to earth in the form of a man, but died a criminal's death. Even though he lived a perfect life, he died a criminal's death on a cross so that he could be the sacrifice for your sins and for mine. And this morning, I wanna give you an opportunity to receive that free gift, the gift of eternal life. The Bible says you can have a relationship with God right here on earth and in heaven for eternity. I'm gonna pray a really simple prayer and I wanna invite you to pray that prayer along 
along with me. Maybe if you're in the room or if you're online, why don't you pray this prayer? Say these words, say, Dear Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. I recognize that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Would you come into my life and make me new? Would you forgive my sin? Would you be my Lord? Would you be my savior? Today, I choose to follow you. And if you prayed that prayer, I'd love to pray for you, but I wanna know who I'm praying for. So I'm gonna ask you to do one more brave thing. If you're here in the room, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. Awesome, thank you, I see the hand. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand, and once I see it, I'll acknowledge you and put it back down. If you're online right now in the chat, there's a button coming up saying, I raise my hand. If you're on Facebook, there's a link that says, count me in, count me in for this prayer. So if that's you, I'm gonna count to three. I'm gonna ask you to pop your hand up nice and high so I can see it. And I acknowledge you and put it back down. Here we go, nice and bright. One, two, three. Hands go up now saying, yes, I said yes to Jesus. Maybe you prayed that prayer this morning. I'm gonna give a few more moments for those online. online awesome thank you online I see you God I thank you God for those in the room and those online God that prayed that prayer I thank you that your word says that whoever is in Christ is a new creation the old is gone and the new has come I thank you that God you are coming into the world right now God you're showing yourself to them you're revealing yourself to them God in a real way thank you God that you're transforming them God from the inside out pray God that you'd bless them your hand would be on them. God, you'd lead them and you'd guide them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. Church, can we put our hands together and celebrate those people? Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.